everyone! Welcome back to my channel. It's Alex. Today I'm going to be doing a book review about a book that I recently picked up that I really, really loved. I can't remember having been into a book this much since, like, for a long time. Like, honestly, a long time. I remember when The Hunger Games first came out and I would just, I just read all three in like three days. It was intense. Um, this was very akin to that, even though that was a while ago. Um, but yeah, it is called The Girl with All the Gifts by M.R. Carey. This is a beautiful cover. Now I'm going to do, I'm going to start without giving you spoilers and then I'll tell you when I'm going to go into spoiler territory, okay? So it's so good. Um, it's yay thick, but I read it so fast because I would say it's a dystopian thriller. It moves very quickly. It's so fast paced, like ridiculously, but it makes sense. So don't worry. Literally, it's great. Okay. All I knew going to this book was what I read on the back and like the little blurb and the reviews. So that's what I'm going to start with as well because I think that's a great way to jump into this, knowing nothing and just discovering so much because I discovered a lot while reading this. There's a lot to discover. Okay, let's start with the blurb. And if you read my, or if you watched my August to be read, you'll have heard this. Every morning, Melanie waits in her cell to be collected for class. When they come for her, Sergeant Parks keeps his gun pointing at her while two of his people strap her into the wheelchair. She thinks they don't like her. She jokes that she won't bite, but they don't laugh. That's so good. Honestly, when I read that, I was immediately so, like, confused and I just had to know what was going to happen that I, like, put down the book I was already reading and started reading this one. <laughs> like, um, yeah. And the subtitle is, Not Every Gift is a Blessing. So I don't know about you, but that hooks me immediately. It came to me um, on reserve from the library because I think I saw it on the library website and totally forgot about it and it was kind of a surprise. A great surprise. Like this was, but this book was truly a gift. Like I loved it. This book was so well written and had a very good plot, very um, well done and like it connected well from beginning to finish. Like there was like a good connection from the opening scene to the ending scene. They were very, they mirrored each other. Um, and also, it's so universal. I feel like this book is appealing to many people because there are, there are multiple different characters and they're all quite different from each other. They're very distinct. So I feel like this book would appeal to a large mass. I don't really know if it's very popular or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. It came out in 2014, I believe. Alright, so that's it for the non-spoilers. Now let's go into spoiler territory, which, honestly, I don't know if you mind spoilers or not. Even if you do know spoilers, this book is so great to read. Okay, so there are lots... Oh, I have some notes too, so that I will not forget to mention a thing. Okay, the, in this book there are lots of references to Greek mythology. Um, I guess I should just give you, since we're in spoiler territory, I'll give you a basic summary. Um, so it's about this... It begins... The opening scene is this girl named Melanie, and she is um, locked in a cell, and every morning she gets taken to class, but she isn't let out of her wheelchair. She's strapped in her chair, and she's, um, like, forcibly restrained. And as you learn throughout the book, this is because uh, she is, like, a zombie breed. She... Um, and it, the author does such a good job of withholding information that like, you know nothing, you know a little bit, then you know more and more and more, and like it's amazing. Basically, she is like the she the whole world. It's a dystopia, like I said. So the world is in upheaval. Society is ruined. This is set in like Britain, um, but society is totally overthrown and like in a mess. And this is like um, 
a military facility where they're doing research. They're doing testing because people have been turned into zombies like nearly the entire world. These are the last remaining humans and they're doing testing on children who are not quite intense zombies. I call them zombies but they call them in the book like Ophiocordyceps after the name of a disease that infected everybody. So normally for most people in the book they turn into like uh, like animals almost completely like they lose um, their humanity for the most part, um, you learn more about the disease throughout the book. But, so most people, like, become very hungry for, like, humans and they want to eat humans, um, the last that are remaining, and then they also want to eat animals, so they lose their humanity. But these children that are kept in this facility, they're some of the few that are not totally animalistic, so they still have remained, they still have some of their humanity and they can still walk and talk and think and in the as part of the research for the military the the military of the remaining humans they're testing these children to see if they can find a cure for the zombies based on the children who are not entirely zombies and part of the testing is to send them to a classroom and so that's how the book opens and then it goes into a lot more as Melanie and her friends I'm not sure if I would say friends but Melanie and a group of other people her teacher um, her security guard, who's also like a military officer, another military officer, and a researcher. It's like a group of people who really don't like each other that much, at least at the beginning. Um, and then it, their relationships change and then change again and again. It's like very, there's a lot. Um, but, so then it goes how they escape from the prison facility and they have to survive. They have to escape from the prison facility. Or not the prison facility, it's like an army base. They have to escape from it because it gets overrun by the zombies. Um, and again, I call them zombies because that's basically what they are. This is weird because normally I'm not really that into zombie films or like books or this is a book. I'm pretty sure it's a movie as well. I have to look that up. But anyway, normally I'm not that into zombies because I feel like they're overdone. Though I did love the TV show In the Flesh before it got cancelled. It's very sad. But this was this was so well done. I know zombies are kind of like a cliche, but it didn't matter with this. Like this was so good and it was kind of different and unique. At least in my opinion. I haven't seen that much zombie stuff, but it was so good. Okay. So, um, as I was saying, there are lots of references to Greek mythology, which I really loved, because I love Greek mythology. Like, I first got into it from reading Percy Jackson, as I'm sure a lot of people did, because Percy Jackson is, like, a retelling of Greek mythology through a young adult, not really adult, even, like a kid's point of view. Um, the ending was also very poetic. Like I said, it was, um, like, it mirrored the opening scene, because it ends in, like, a classroom scene as well, sort of. Um, and the ending was poetic because there's a reference to Pandora's box like throughout the whole book because Melanie really loves Greek mythology. It's something that she learns in her classroom from her favorite teacher, Justino, Miss Justino. Her name's Helen. Um, so yeah, Melanie loves Greek mythology, especially Pandora's box and that whole story. And it's very poetic how it ends because in the ending scene, there's like a huge explosion or like there's a huge fire and it really, like Melanie is basically Pandora because she's setting, she's letting loose chaos, just like Pandora did. Alright, let's go through each character in session. Okay, first there's Melanie. She's a girl um, who's infected with this Ophiocordyceps disease, but again, she's not completely infected, so she's not totally animalistic. She can kind of control her urges to eat humans, and she's very smart. Even in her classroom of, like, children who are, like, research children, they're, like, there to be tested on, to get dissected. It's kind of intense. Um, yeah. 
Um, so she's very smart, even for her classroom. She's at the top of her class. That's how it begins. And then again, afterwards, she escapes the facility and she has to like... It's like a thriller because there's constant motion and it becomes really action-packed, actually. It starts off like... <laughs> the How it starts is very, like, I would say kind of calm. It's like a classroom, but then it goes really intense, which I loved so much. Like, it was so good. Okay. Um... Let's see. Oh yeah, even though Melanie was a kid, she's like, what, 10? I found her very believable and well-written, because this book is for adults. And um, whenever you're writing um, an adult book with kid stories, with kid characters in them, it can be kind of hard to relate, perhaps. But this character, even though it was a kid, was written so well. Very believable that she was smart. You know, sometimes they make kids too smart, but this totally made sense. Um, why she was smart, you know, she was in the class, her brain is advanced because she is like part zombie. Yeah, so I found her very believable, and I liked her a lot. And other characters are very much revealed through their relationship with Melanie. Like, Melanie has many different relationships, as I'll go through with the other main characters. It's kind of, it's quite a story of, like, an ensemble, because there are, like, how many are there? One, two, three, four, five. There are, there are five distinct characters who, um, primary characters who work together. And it doesn't even start out that way. But yes, Melanie is the first one that we meet, and the second one that we meet is Miss Justino, who is Melanie's teacher. So Melanie has several teachers in this prison research facility that she's kept at, where she's like forced to eat grubs, but she's a zombie, so she doesn't really... She's fine with eating grubs, she only needs to eat once a week, but she would prefer like human blood, or human meat, or at least like animal meat, but they give her grubs every week, it's kind of a strange picture. And they also like coat themselves like, all the teachers and the guards and Melanie, they get coated in this, like, chemical so that it'll mask the smell of the humans. Yeah, I found that very interesting and kind of, like, reminded me of, like, what they did or do in, like, concentration camps. Um, you know, like, gas chambers and stuff like that. So, that was kind of an interesting image. It was quite an ethical book. There's lots of interesting, um, things that come up with ethics and, like, although the author didn't intend that, it said on, like, because I, I read a bit more about it, there's a little, like, section in the back where the author talks about it, and he said he didn't mean for it to be an ethical book. The author's name is, um, I think it's Mike, yeah. Um, but there are lots of, like, heavy things that happen. It's very interesting. You know, what with, like, cannibalism, well, not cannibalism, but, like, zombies eating humans, treatment of children, um, war. It's, it's quite intense, but I liked it a lot. It wasn't, like, overbearing. Um, the very um, deep themes were very well masked in, like, this action-packed story. And it is, like, a fantasy. Because it is dystopian. Sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi. Okay, so Miss Just, you know, is her teacher. Melanie's teacher. And Melanie, like, idolizes her. She loves her. Um, and I'm not really sure why... They, the author made Miss Just, you know, kill someone in her past. This is, like, revealed later in the book that she, like, killed a child by accident, which I found kind of random. I wasn't sure. I think the author was trying to make her less idealistic, but honestly, I thought that was kind of unnecessary. It seemed like a forced flaw. But then again, what do I know? Let me know your opinions. Okay. Um, I really like the fact that Miss Just, you know, like, stumbled upon becoming, like, a, an important character and, like, she stumbled upon helping Melanie because it's kind of unjust, very unjust actually, how the army is like keeping people, keeping children 
in this facility to test them and find out more about them and dissect their brains, like actually. It's like kind of cruel, cruelty to children. And Mistress, you know, kind of develops a relationship with the, with the children in her classroom because she's their teacher, especially with Melanie. And though she doesn't, she's not trying to be the savior to these zombie children, she just stumbles into it because of who she is. And I really like that because that part didn't feel forced about her at all. Um, and I really like that. Alright, another character, the third one, is Sergeant Parks. So he is like this um, army person, general officer. He also is like part of the watchers of this army base where they're doing this testing on the children. Um, at first he doesn't like Melanie because you know, she's just another kid to him who is, um, they're doing testing on. He doesn't see her as like human because she's part zombie. Um, but slowly and believably, he starts to like her. And I really respected Sergeant Parks' care for his soldier in command, who is the next character I'm going to talk about. His name is Gallagher. He's a soldier. He's like um, one of the soldiers that works with Parks, and he's like the only one that gets out alive when they escape from the camp, and then they have to continue on with the story. A main part about Gallagher's story is that he has like this grenade that he grabs while they're, you know, doing something. One of the many things that they do throughout this book is as they're running around. Um, so he gets this grenade and um, he talks about how if anything bad happens he's going to use this grenade to kill himself instead of having to do something he doesn't want to do. Um, and honestly, like, you know when something is foreshadowed and you're like, oh this is obviously going to come up later, you know, it's like so obvious that it comes up, but honestly I totally forgot about the grenade and that he had it. <laughs> the author did that so well. Um, I thought it was very a very good job of Chekhov's gun, which is like a writing technique or like a writing principle by a writer named Chekhov who says that like everything in your story must be extremely precisely placed. So like if you want to introduce a gun in a story, it has to be used in subsequent chapters. You can't just say, and there was a gun on the table and then forget about it because that's totally random and sort of disconnected with the story. So this grenade was like Chekhov's gun. If you mention a grenade, it's going to get used, you know, if you're following that writing principle, which you probably should. Um, but, but I have the ending with the soldier it was very um well done the the grenade comes back but it's not used but it still comes back and has a very important role in the story which i loved so much um because you know it didn't feel like it was simple you know there's a grenade simple foreshadowing guy's gonna kill him that's what he was guy's gonna kill himself with this grenade because it comes up and he talks about it you know that's what you would expect but the author goes against the expectations and totally does it well in the end the soldier doesn't end up using the grenade but he does debate it and there's a very very interesting ending with him. Um, yeah. So I just thought that that whole character was very smart and unpredictable. Okay, and finally, character number five is Professor um, Caldwell. She is a researcher who is doing, who she's the primary researcher of these children, trying to find this disease cure so that, you know, these zombies can revert back to humans or they can kill off the zombies and start humanity over again because you know humanity is ruined society has collapsed like towns are down buildings are ruined like almost all humans at least in britain are now zombies like it's a plague it's like overcoming it's sci-fi dystopia like it's gone horribly wrong and caldwell is like the primary researcher trying to um uh solve this cure using these children now everyone had a distinct voice in this book like, it was, because um, it's a rotating perspective, so it'll, like, start off with Melanie talking about her, and then it'll next flip chapters, and it will go to a different character, but it's all um, third person. 
Um, but the characters aren't that, I mean, the chapters aren't that short either, but not that long. It's like very, very well done. Some chapters are quite short, actually. Okay, but anyway, everyone had a very distinct voice. For example, Caldwell used very scientific language. Um, she was part of like explaining a lot to us about the dystopia. Very, she was the character who like told us a lot about what was happening. She's the one who is getting more information. And so as she gets more information about the disease, so does the reader. Um, like I said, our, the author does a very great job of withholding information and giving us some and then giving us some and then telling us there is some but not telling us what it is so you just have to keep reading. It's so well done. Okay, but anyway, yeah, everyone had a distinct voice. Like Melanie, for example, I noticed her character used a lot of similes because her whole world is like she's raised in this research base and she doesn't remember the outside world until she gets out. So when she is experiencing the outside world, she compares it to things that she learned in her classroom or things that she's used to. So she uses a lot of similes to comprehend the world around her. So I thought the author did a very good job of making each one very distinct. Oh yeah, and the author also did info dumps really well by like using uh, Professor Caldwell to like say the info dump, but also using paragraphs. It wasn't just like all dialogue explaining something. It was very good. It wasn't too overbearing because you know if you're in a sci-fi and you're trying to explain the world, that can be tricky. But the author did it well. Let's see. Oh yeah, there's always, always something that you had to know um, and keep turning the page. So like, because I said the author like holds the information back so well, which is like very well done because you know you have to plot out the whole story, the whole dystopia, but then you don't have to give it all to your reader all at once. You can just give them a small bit and then make the story um, more fulfilling by giving them more and more and more. I thought that was a very smart concept. and. Okay, it's a thriller, but there weren't blatant cliffhangers. Like I said, it moved really fast, but it didn't have like blatant cliffhangers where the end of a chapter is something that's gone horribly wrong. What is going to happen? You know, a cut next chapter. It didn't do that, which I found, which thrillers do, because it is a very effective technique. Um, for example, like The Da Vinci Code definitely did that, and I love that book. Um, but this one, it had much more, it was much, its suspense was harder to write because it didn't have such blatant cliffhangers I found which I really appreciated and respected because it made it that much more rewarding to read because you want to keep turning the page even though um, it's not like a cheap suspense trick, you know? So good. Loved it. I cannot gush on about this book enough. I loved it. Okay, what else did I want to say? Oh yeah, I like hearing about how humanity tried to solve all the problems. It kind of reminded me of like maybe like a war planning because at times in the book it would talk about what humanity tried to do when the disease was first breaking out and how all their plans failed and that's why now it's like a huge upheaval and like everything's getting overrun even this like army base is like getting in totally overtaken by the zombies which I found kind of sad actually and quite depressing I mean not depressing but quite sad and like disheartening about the future of humanity if anything should happen but again it is fiction so I have to remind myself of that <laughs> Um, yeah, but it, it did make me feel a bit pessimistic about our future if anything like that ever happened to us. Although, I mean, it's sci-fi, so. But I loved the whole, um, idea behind the disease because, um, I talked about how this made-up disease is from a very real disease that I've actually heard about, which is like a fungi that infests the brains of ants and then it, like, makes the ants commit suicide by, like, climbing up a tree and burrowing with enemies and a leaf or something like that. Um, so it like makes the ant kill itself, and that's like kind of what is happening, but in the human form, like the same disease in humans, so it's to like a bigger scale. 
Um, I wonder if the author really got inspiration for it that way, but he probably did, uh, which is so cool. I love that. It's probably like, I just imagine the author, this is totally just me speculating, but I just imagine the author watching a documentary and being like, hmm, that is a great, interesting story idea. Obviously, I don't know if that's the truth, but um, yeah. I do know that the story idea started off as a short story idea, and then the author was writing like um, the movie script for the book at the same time as the book, which I... I found that out because there's a little section about that at the end of the book, in my copy. Anyway, um, yeah, I haven't read a book this fast in such a long time, and now that I've given you a lot about it, in my rambly way, we can talk about the beautiful cover, because I feel like there's a lot of symbolism, like, the blue, I mean, the, the blue, I'm not colorblind, the red here is, um, probably, like, symbolic of blood or something, right? Which, like, there's a lot of, like, it's not very gory. Um, although there are some scenes where, like, people are eating each other, um, there's violence. Ugh, one thing that I, like, found really, like, visceral and, like, that I was able to feel was, like, when Professor Caldwell, the researcher's hands, were, like, all cut up. And, um, I really like that the author kept bringing that up. Because, you know, sometimes if something, like, if, if the character gets an injury, it, like, happens once and maybe it lasts a chapter or two, and then it kind of goes away and you, the author doesn't mention it. But no, the, the author kept mentioning the professor's hands and how they were like cut and hurt and painful, which I really like because it makes the injury believable, you know, not just like a gimmick injury. Oh, they fought, she has to have an injury, there it is, you know. It was a real injury that impacted the story, which is like Chekhov's gun, it makes everything very purposeful and well thought out, which I really appreciate. Anyway, the cover is so pretty. Uh, let me know, I guess that's everything I have to say, let me know if you have read this book or if you're going to, because... Ah, I love it so much. Feel free to come back and let me know if you ever have read it. Because I always check my comments. I get notifications. Um, man, I'm like hyped up about this book. It's so good. Um, thanks so, so much for watching, everyone. Please subscribe and share my video with your friends and family and coworkers. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Um, thanks so much for watching. Let me know your book recommendations below. And I'll see you next time.